good evening. This goes out to all the sexy people on a hot date right now, experiencing that new, exciting chemistry, those warm, tingly feelings, the anticipation of that first passionate kiss. Ooh, that didn't go as planned, did it? Another bad date? Don't worry, it wasn't in vain. All bad dates lead to great stories, and we want to hear them. Join with our new hosts and guests as they regale you with tales of their own dating disasters and lend an ear to yours. You'll also get advice from professional counselors, sex therapists, celebrities, and fellow daters to help you navigate through that crazy jungle of love. It's funny, it's sexy, it's unfiltered, live, and unscripted. It's The Bad Date Show. Good evening. This is Noel Romero with The Bad Date Show. And tonight I have Jeremy Giovanni from LA, Lori from Boston, and Story from LA as well. And we have a group of people calling in, telling us about their bad hookup, bad date stories. Uh, tonight's topic uh, specifically is going to be about um, the two best feelings in the world. Uh, I think arguably the two best feelings in the world is number one, let's be real, we're all humans, is an orgasm. A mind-blowing orgasm who doesn't want that and number two is the feeling of being in love um, to get that combo is possibly the best uh, scenario uh, but when we're talking about dating finding somebody that is compatible on both levels is a really tough thing to find and I've been chatting with some girlfriends and they always seem to tell me that either this guy hits it you know emotionally mentally the conversations are stimulating there's a lot of good laughs and then they go to the bedroom and it's just blah. you know it's just oh no and I feel like I'm fucking my cousin or my brother or my friend and it just kind of doesn't end up working out there's also the other spectrum where this guy doesn't have anything interesting to say but damn does he know how to go down on a woman you know so i've been asking these women and and just in general even men uh would you pick just if you could pick just one uh what would you pick and really do we all want that epic combo of mind-blowing sex but also somebody that turns you on mentally emotionally spiritually and uh what does that even look like? Lori, we talked a little bit earlier today about uh, that, that epic combo of having an amazing sex partner and also that person that mentally stimulates. Uh, I want to ask you, what do you think? Why do you think people in general nowadays seem to just be, you know, in this hookup culture where, eh, you know, conversation's okay, uh, the date was okay, but damn, the sex is good. I think that's a question that People always ask, but is the sex good at least? What is this hookup culture? And and why are we just settling for just, okay, well, the sex is good, so I'll keep him or her around. Okay, well, yeah, we did um we did touch on this earlier on our phone call. Um so when you have sex with someone, there's a chemical release called oxytocin. So you feel this love hormone, you feel this connection and attachment, even if like emotionally and mentally it's not there, you're still hooked because the dick is good. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that's something that, you know, I, I think that 
can't really last that long. I mean, I think that's why friends with benefits ends up kind of phasing out. And, you know, sometimes I think it's just better to end up being friends afterwards. Like, well, the sex was good, but you know, I mean, how creative can you be with how many positions it's the same kind of, I mean, not to be overly graphic, but it's the same, like in and out, in and out. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point behind friends with benefits that if it's, if you keep on doing it, something long-term, it's no longer really for you're pretty much in a relationship at that point. So it has an expiration date. It's like, all right, we're have benefits, but those benefits aren't something that are expected to always be there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, otherwise they're, otherwise they're not friends with benefits. They're pretty much relationship. So I think that's a really good conversation because friends with benefits, a lot of times ends up being a bit, of a failure because I have found that one of the people ends up catching feels is what they say. And I've had people say, okay, you know, but I said it up front to her that this is just sex. I'm not in a place to have a relationship. I don't do relationships. And then this whole chemical thing happens. I want to hear from the male panel. I know as a woman, um, I mean, it's the act of receiving. When you're a woman, it's a different, you know, he's inside me. I am receiving. And then I tend to get attached emotionally because there's kissing and touching. And, and and you know, I, I tend to, you know, make it more in my head than what it would be. Does that happen to men too? Do men start? Because I've heard men fall in love quicker than women. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, story first. What do you think? Do, do men ever end up catching feels with friends with benefits or do you think it's only the women? I think men definitely do. But at the same time, I think if you really catch feelings, though, you'd rather be somewhere in their life than nowhere in their life. Where a lot of times as a good friend, you'll know that place as well. But I think in the end, it's about just realizing if you're wanting to take that chance or not if so it's like yeah fuck it maybe they'll catch feelings maybe they won't who knows but it's like if i'm if you want to take that opportunity just have fun just be able to go for this ride see where it could land um and just you got to be able to take a breath i think enjoy it while you're there and because sometimes yeah even the one you do wait for what it half the time you like at least it's in the men culture. They say that women always end up picking the shitty guy, the one that, you know, they can see constantly do the same thing to them that they don't want. And then they have that one nice guy right next to them that they just, you know, have as a tool, you know? Right. What do you think, Giovanni? Do you think that women, you know, a friends with benefits situation, you know, with a straight couple, do you think the woman is more likely to catch feels before the male or is that just a stereotype? Yeah, I think it's a stereotype. I think if a woman is already going into the that p potential relationship with that idea, I think she's going to be less um, prone to um, make a relationship. I think a man, for some reason, I think by design, at least in my personal experience, I've never gone into a relationship thinking the idea of friend was, friends with benefits. I've never believed that that's a true possibility, at least in my past experience. Having said that, I have had moments where you're like, okay, this is, I hate that word casual, but ultimately speaking, it's a casual. And then I find myself going, oh my God, I could really, there's that real moment of connection where you're going, when you were saying like the feeling of making love and you're like in the middle and going, holy shit, I think this is what making love feels like. And you're like, this is freaking incredible. But then, and even though you can see it in their face physiologically, you, 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 I can, at least in my personal experience, I can always tell 
that's no, it's not going any farther than that. Well, I mean, if you want to put it really blatant, I think that when two people are together, um, it's either fucking or making love. There's no other, there's no other thing. It's either fucking or making love. And, and I think there's a vibe where both people, you know, there's like the tear your clothes off. I just want to ravish you. And who doesn't love that? Uh, but then there's also the, I just want to make love to your body and your soul. And this is a selfless act. Cause I want you to feel ultimate pleasure because I love you. I mean, those are the two spectrums. I personally don't think that a friends with benefits situation can be that lovemaking situation, but I feel like our culture is leaning towards the more uh, emotionally detachment. This isn't serious kind of vibe. Is it just me that I'm picking up from my circle? Or do you guys think kind of generally the public is very cautiously getting into this I don't do relationships more of like I do the friends with benefits culture. What do you think, Lori? Do you think we're more in a friends with benefit culture or are people jumping in relationships just as quickly and we're not talking about that as much? Um, I definitely think that uh, right now it's definitely more of a hookup culture. Um, it's weird because so I just moved from New York City a couple of years ago. And so I'm back in like rural Maine where I grew up. So up here, it's like, okay, everyone's like married, having kids, I'm, you know, multiple baby daddies. It's just like a totally different culture. But when I was in New York City, I mean, I had friends older than me. I'm 29 and I had friends, you know, in their 30s and 40s who are still hooking up and like don't want to settle down. So I feel like it really depends on the area and it's like a case by case basis. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Story? In, in LA, um, when I picture LA, I think a lot of really beautiful, talented people go to LA to seek, you know, careers in acting and music, uh, more of a clubbing, going out, partying kind of culture. That's just a stereotype I have in my head. Is that accurate that it's a hookup culture in LA? I think where we're at is there's just so many labels and everything else. And I feel like the whole world just adds reaction to that. It's they're just more resilient on actually putting a label on what anything is. They don't want to be labeled. What, even if it's a relationship, if it's whatever, I don't think it's about the fact of not wanting to whatever. I think it's just being able to be that fluent and adaptable and simple. Just be like, we're friends. We're whatever we need to be at the moment. We don't have to complicate it because we know we're there and we're going to figure it out. But, you know, I think there's some treasure to that. And I feel like we're a lot more than that because the world's put so much of a harshness to a label we realize that every label every word you can really use is double-edged so um yeah yeah i i agree that people in general are not wanting the labels and Lori and i were talking earlier today and now i've noticed that the trend people are introducing as this is my boyfriend this is my girlfriend what i'm hearing from by straight all kinds of, you know, different mixes, like there's everything now, demisexual. People are saying, this is my partner. Have you heard that story? Do you hear people say, this is my partner? Yeah. And and why don't people want to put that label on? Is it because we're, we're like, okay, well, this you know has a pretty low success rate. So if I don't put a label on it, there's no expectation. There's also so many rules to labels. It's just like, all right, we've talked enough to know that we're both people of faith and we have spirit, we, we, we're spiritual. But at the same time, if we were to say we're Christian or anything like that, or there's people's minds would automatically jump to so many um, uh, 
just ideas of what they see that word is. So people have a hard time because they realize like every word, relationship, stuff like that. When someone says it, there's a cognitation in their own mind about what they're meaning, what they're trying to express. So it's, it's not like they're really asking with pure intent to try to see who you are. They're asking so that they could try to place you into the boundary probably in their own minds half the time. So, right. Giovanni, do you feel that you have the added pressure if you're dating a woman and you guys haven't had that conversation and you meet one of her friends and she says, this is my boyfriend. Like I'm almost 40. I feel weird being introduced as a girlfriend. I'm not a girl. I'm a woman. Uh, I feel weird. I feel like I'm 12. How do you feel about that? This is my boyfriend. Um, I mean, I, I've only had like seven legitimate long-term relationships where I feel I, I don't even really like the word label at this juncture because I think it's all homogenized and very generic and very milk toast. You know, we have to see a correlation between disenfranchising all labels and then at the same time, the uptick in depression and the uptick in dissatisfaction with life. There are labels, historically speaking, for a reason, Right. And and I think when you try to dissect it and then say nothing has any real meaning, well, then you personally don't have any real meaning. And since that's what we're here for, to find meaning for life, I don't think there's anything innately wrong with saying something has a label. Going back to what you said in regards to uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, um, I'm okay with it, to be quite frank with you, as long as I really genuinely like the person um, but it's been so rare in my personal experience. I think I come across um, as a somewhat stoic, even though I do like emotion and an emotion-based relationship. Um, I think uh, that I just come off across as a person that the opposing person doesn't want to use that terminology right. um, at that point. I don't know so, if that makes sense. So, Lori, don't you think it'd be funny if you're out with your person and he's like, so this is Lori, my girlfriend. And you're like, uh, I thought we we're just friends with benefits. Uh, are we there? Like, how awkward would that be in front of this person? Like, uh, we're just fucking like how incredibly embarrassing. But I feel like that conversation needs to be had. And we've got a caller calling in Kylie. Uh, she has a story for us about her uh, bad date stories and, and, and bad, you know, hookup stories. Kylie, are you there? Uh, yeah, you guys can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. We're talking okay, about yeah, I have a bad hookup yeah. story for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so I was casually dating this guy. He was kind of a rebound relationship, but um, I had never been to his place before. But he'd always told me that he lived with his father. It was like a bachelor pad type setup, and I always thought it was kind of sus because he never let me come over until we'd gone out and had drinks one night, and it was actually the first time we'd really hooked up like it was a really like tense dating period for a few weeks and we got really drunk and he told me you know let's go back to my place he had explained it as like you know a quiet bachelor pad with him and his dad I should have known in hindsight now looking back I was like 22 but um when we had to climb into the guy's bedroom window I should have known something was up <laughs> Oh, no. But we ended up climbing into his room, his window. Um, we hooked up pretty loudly, and I ended up immediately regretting it. In the morning, um, I walked out into the kitchen on my way out and ran into, like, pretty much his entire extended family, sister-in-law, oh. mom. And I was just, like, devastated that, you know, I had totally been, like, 
played, I guess, and walking the walk of shame, I felt like that could have been avoided. Like, I don't know. He made me, I don't know. I've made a fool of myself, I guess. Like I put my, like the wrong foot forward and like, I, I felt like it was a trap. And if he had any intention of actually dating me or having a relationship with me, like, I think he blew it just by yeah. setting me up like that. I don't know. Don't you feel like the worst part, like the telling sign that it was a hookup or a bad experience is how quickly one person jumps up and gets dressed? That's the walk of shame, right? Where it's like, I mean, uh, you know, there's that saying like pillow talk. And, you know, to me, pillow talk is afterwards is kind of like the, the afterglow. And that's like the opposite energy of, okay, now you feel like a bit compromised yeah i got there a little wasted went in through a window um as soon as the light came in through said window like i immediately was filled with regret I had to get out of there and everyone's like eating their eggs in the you know, kitchen and i'm just like oh Hi. the walk of shame isn't that like awful it's like yesterday's clothes right oh thank yes. you so much for calling in kylie i think a lot of our listeners can can uh relate to having the walk of shame and the that regret but you know what life is to have experiences so so no regret i think you only have to do that once or twice and then you realize that maybe uh that extra cocktail was not the best choice. yeah so. and uh ladies if he asks you to climb in through a window just go home yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it <laughs> No meeting family, no loud sex right. with family around. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in, Kylie. You have a good night. Thanks, so. You too. That's hilarious. So I want to go back to that question of if you have somebody, like one person on one hand stimulates your mind, you know, where the conversations are are stimulating and, and funny and there's this friendship and they're just kind of like authentic ease, right? And then there's the other hand where it's uh, there's nothing in common. They're kind of a dud. But once you guys are in the sack, it's hot. It's like 10 out of 10, mind-blowing sex every time where are we at with that uh lori do you think people are choosing to just friend zone the ones that are bad in bed and just have these casual hookups on the side and then there's just no relationship do you think that's where we're going as a dating culture lori you know that's like that's super hard to say because like i said before i feel like it's a really it's a case-by-case -case basis and i feel like it really depends on you know what area you're living in um I feel like a lot of the cities, like when I was in New York, like definitely hookup culture, um, it, you know, like you cared about your career and you cared about getting laid, but you didn't really, you know, you weren't in the dating scene to find someone. And I think that's like a huge thing that changed over the years. The dating scene is, is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be like work and finding someone to marry and have children with. Um, it's just changed. Do you think maybe because people are slower to get married, I know that in general, people are testing the waters by moving in together and not necessarily tying the knot as quick, but I, I get confused because then I check Facebook and I see all these people getting married now that the mask mandate has kind of calmed down a bit in Colorado anyways. I'm still seeing a lot of people uh, getting married and then I'm kind of baffled because I'm thinking, okay, these guys have known each other 10 months. So chances are they were dating during this COVID kind of fiasco and they still somehow 
managed to fall in love and here they are on a higher level commitment. So that tells me that there are some people that are still looking to get married and we're calling this a hookup culture, but I'm feeling that that's just the trend um, mm -hmm. and that people actually do want that, that whole package. Giovanni, I want to ask you, uh, what is the package deal woman? Is, is that both levels where she kind of checks every box and what are those boxes that men are looking for? Cause I'm baffled at this point. I thought men just wanted sex more. I feel like it's finding a good middle ground because like the sex is great, but you have to have some connection with it. Um, back to like what you said, if it's something like immediately after the sex, you just want to leave cause you just don't enjoy being next to them. It's like, that's definitely not kind of the thing. I like, in opposite of what you were talking about with the walk of shame, the like good walk for a man is always when you're laying there and they have to go to the bathroom afterwards and you see them get up and their and their legs give out almost for a millisecond or something. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> um, there, there's always that, but you would have to be hanging around and actually enjoy watching them walk or something in order to even be able to appreciate and see those moments. Otherwise, I mean, you would just be in your own world, not even caring about them. So you got to have some type of a connection. So we're looking for a connection, but then as with that connection, we'd, we want to start exploring that without having to, I guess we don't really want to be pushed into a relationship because if it doesn't go right, if all the other boxes don't check off, we don't want to be like pushed in a corner. And it's so weird to be able to say that it's everyone gets finicky. It's like, it's like, Hey, you want a relationship or you don't No one's to be like, I think I might want a relationship, but I don't want to say it's a relationship yet because you know, I, it's just, I want to give it more time to see. I want to know what's right. You know? <laughs> Personally, oh, no, I was just going to say personally for me, from like a girl's standpoint, like sex for me is so much better. Like my most like mind blowing orgasms have been with someone I feel like a connection with. So I feel like for me, that's like, that's a huge thing. Like you need to be able to like make me laugh and have a conversation with me. Wine and dine me first. If like, I'm going to have fun in bed with you. Ultimately speaking, it's a case-by-case -case scenario, and the story is talking about connections. I think everything is a fast food culture at this juncture. We're basically saying, I want the connection. I want it to last forever. Well, okay, any connection can, you can short-circuit a connection. There's multiple things. Just because the word connection is put into play, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a longevity to it. I think everybody, including myself, we're all guilty to some degree of jumping into something Immediately, like, you know, I was a semi-professional fighter for 13 years. I've been a professional guitar player, but I didn't do it two days after I picked up my guitar or after one lesson. You know, there, there's this biological thing that seems to supersede the rest of the relationship ability. There are multiple facets to a long, long lasting relationship. It's not just biological. It is also chemical. It is intellectual, intellectual, it is spiritual, and there's multiple facets. But at the same time, both people have to be mature enough to say, are we connecting on that level? Or are we just here for the wham, bam? Thank you, ma'am. In my personal right. opinion. Right. All right. So I want to ask this then. I've heard people say, if you really, really like who you've been dating, postpone the sex. Without question. Without question. Okay. Why? Like, okay. And here from my personal, you know, again, this is not about me tooting my own horn. I've been very fortunate 
but in a lot of ways, I remember one time telling somebody, I said, you know what? Don't, don't envy me. Um, I had a lot of relationships in my life that went no farther than a one night stand. And I went into it going, I really hope sex doesn't happen because I'd like to find something more than just sex. But at the same time going, I really also want to have sex at the same time. So it's a very schizophrenic thing. Um, because you want that biological urge um, satisfied almost immediately, the sniff it and hit it kind of thing. But you also want to say, I want it more than just that, uh, that sexual chemistry going on. It's, it's somewhat difficult to have. Hey, Lori, what do you think? Do you think it's best to, because I've heard women say, oh my gosh, I really like him. And then my advice is don't, sleep with him versus if you like him fuck him like how does that make sense see I don't know I feel like I'm like the little devil on the shoulder because I um if I like someone I'm just gonna do what I want to do in that moment and I'm gonna live in the present moment I'm not gonna like think about like all the repercussions of it I'm just I'm not an overthinker until like after it happens then I'll freak out about it oh yeah so oh, that's yeah. just my instincts. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think there's also the other spe spectrum where, okay, I really like him or her, so I'm not going to sleep with them till you put a number in your head. Like you even have this. It's not like you tell them like, hey, I'm not going to sleep with you till date five. Like it's something you kind of put in your head. But then my other concern is, what if you have all these beautiful dates? And then you get to date five and you're like, okay, baby, I'm shaving my legs. I'm like going to get it on with this guy that he doesn't even know my bra and panties are matching. And, you know, they have this like mm. saying that if her bra and underwear match, then she's ready for you, baby. Right. So I'm going in like, this is the night. But what if I overdo it in my head and we finally get to it? Oh my God. It was just an emotional connection. It There was He's terrible in bed. I think that's the other spectrum, right? Where we put it off too long and now you have to friend zone him because, oh my gosh, he was a great kisser, but he doesn't know what he's doing, you know? Well, that's, so that's why I think it's good to just be present. And like, when you feel that opportunity, like arise, like, don't be like, oh, well, it's not day five. Yeah. It's only day three. I can't do it. Like, Right. Do it. Like if it feels right, just go with it. Well, is it possible that he's not do good in bed to what you like because you haven't that 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 discussion? I had this very discussion with somebody the other day and she said, Wow, you must think, you know, she goes, I'm assuming every woman who walks through the door automatically sits on your face. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said, you could not be farther from the truth because, you know, that's an absurd thing to say. And no man <laughs> or woman, you know what I'm saying? But my point was, or I think to get him to shut up, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And that might be true, too. But what I'm saying is, yes, you you because you may have truly satisfied somebody else. And then you're actually shocked as well. You're going, my God, I don't think I pleasured this woman because you're only thinking of the, you think what the pleasure is for that particular person without asking those questions. And I've, I've definitely over my lifetime, especially in my fifties now started going, I think those questions need to be asked and just as importantly, tell the person. So often we're so afraid to say what we like 
and even more so what we're afraid we were afraid to say what we don't like sometimes guys will do something to a girl and you don't you think oh yeah i'm doing this and she's loving it and then and she's going oh please stop oh no <laughs> right so I, yes. I do think that conversation has to be said yeah. or talked yeah. about but yeah. it, it's an it's actually an embarrassing conversation so so yeah. to answer your question it's very possible that very man that you found so attractive could truly also be sexually amazing for you as long as that conversation is being had. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but you're far uh, more apt to have that ability to go forward with that, at least with that conversation being said. No, that's so important. Um, communication with sex and like telling people what you like and what you want, what you expect, um, even out of respect, it is so important. Um, but it is hard to have those conversations when you're just hooking up with someone and you're just starting. Right. Um, yeah. As far as pushing it off, though, I feel like that. I feel like that puts it, I, it's way more important to stay present because uh, when when you push it off, that's looking for other, putting all these other expectations on it rather than staying present. And then it's it, like, you should ask yourself, hey, do I want to do this? Not because, oh, it's this amount of time, this whatever, because sometimes you, it can breed insecurities too. Um, like imagine a guy, imagine dating somebody where it's like, you look at them and it's like, all right, you're like, he probably he can pull people back to his room on the first night and then you go on a date or two with him and he has he doesn't make the move on you to try to pull you back and you're something and you're at a point in your life maybe you're wanting him to you know you're gonna feel like he doesn't like you you're you know it could be it can go the same way too you're gonna go through that date or two the same person you think that things are going great with you because you're pushing things off you know for some grand finale instead of being present someone actually could just be misreading that and end up misreading that and seeing you as being neg negligent to them and just not wanting to be physical. So do you judge your person? Like, think about this. Let's say you jump in quick, like date one, date two, whatever. You just jump right into the sack. Now what goes through my mind, which is totally, you know, not okay. But I think, do you do this all the time? <laughs> and they go, yeah. no, I don't do this all the time. And then you're like, oh, this is totally, you both say, oh, this is totally unexpected. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Or when they, or they say, I've never done this before. You're like, you are such a freaking liar. Why do we do that? Why do we put off this like coy? Oh, I, I never, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's like kind of, you get dressed super quick and oh, I, I, this, this never happens. And you're going yeah. bullshit, right? Yeah, totally. Why do we do that, Giovanni? Is that because we're trying to not look slutty? I mean, we're all human. We all have sexual needs. So what's yeah. the shame thing? It we're all fucking somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's fucking somebody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Newsflash for the audience. Everybody, for the most, I mean, unless they got an epic dildo, I mean, whatever, go Some for it. element ones out there, go to you. <laughs> totally right. Like, you can take care of yourself. But I think we're all worried about what this other person is thinking of us. There's that kind of mass thing, but you see each other naked, but you still don't know each other. A question that comes up a lot is Is it more hot to have sex with a stranger? Or to have sex with somebody that you're actually dating, getting to know. Is that stranger thing kind of intriguing because you don't really know who you're with? Because it happens all the time. I mean, look at movies, look at the bars. People, You can see when people are going home with somebody. What is this shame thing that, that we kind of put on society? It's 2021. What is wrong with the, the hookup thing? And why is it so stigmatized, do you guys think? I don't believe in when people, certain 
things I don't actually believe when they say society says. Like me, it's either, it's what I feel. I don't really believe, oh, society says if a woman sleeps around, she's a slut. If a guy sleeps around, he's a stud. I don't necessarily believe that in any way, shape, or form. I think it comes down to what you believe in yourself as a human being. What is your upbringing? What do you feel are the parameters by which you live by? And if those, if if one of them is, you know, I want to have casual sex, I mean, ultimately speaking, that's between you, yourself, and your God. And uh, what if whatever works or doesn't work for you, um, is between you and I, I don't slut shame anybody. I never have in my entire life, and I hope people don't slut shame me. So slut shame. I've never heard that slut shame, but I, I completely agree. You know that whole old school thing of oh, I got another notch in my belt. I mean, I've heard women now. I've got women yeah. that are older, like in their fifties, and they're banging twenty year olds. And I say, good job, girl. How was the sex? And I go, oh, my God. It was incredible. He could keep up. He knew what he was doing. <gasps> Should I be concerned? He's 20. And he knew what he was doing. <gasps> Has he done this with a lot of women? And I go, oh, girl, you're the beneficiary. He knows what he's doing down there. Enjoy it. But make sure that you guys are safe. Because if he's not reachable Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you're going to have to assume he's doing that with other women. And then we all get into this game playing of not looking needy. And I want to get into this kind of like dating strategy, sex thing. So we're saying if you really like them, maybe hold off on the sex. But Giovanni is saying, Lori's saying, just go with it. There's, there's no right or wrong, right your own rule book story i'm still kind of trying to get where you're at with this is there you're saying just be present so what does that what does that mean because i've had men tell me oh noel just be present i'm like does that mean just I, like jump on yeah, you what does that it, mean it means yeah go with it if you're really feeling something you're feeling intimate to them don't wait because what if a tomorrow never comes you know you're here if you're actually feeling like hey you might want to have sex well then you know if you don't have it then you know that might not never happen so i go ahead while that's there if later on you don't i feel like we should have more of a forgiving culture to be uh, like because people shouldn't be ashamed of all these things. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we go out, we date, we might, uh, you know, have sex different places. I don't think we should be ashamed of that. I think we should be able to embrace that and be true. And as far as e all of our conversations on the show, I feel like a lot of the times it has leaned towards saying that sex in the beginning helps because it gets a lot of things off the table to even and actually successfully trying to build a new relationship throughout dating as well. Getting the sex out of the way just is... is that's, I feel like, a, a climax of dating, you know, without the, the sex is, you know, dating is just making friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, I mean, if the sex is good, uh, I know for me anyways, the intrigue is even more like, okay, so the sex is great, but let's flip it. Let's say that the sex is bad. Uh, I'm, I'm talking bad. And, and, and like, let's say like for a woman, I think Lori and I have an agreement where it's like 30, like one minute man. And you're going, oh my God, like that was, that was horrible, horrible. And you think he would know like, okay, that was like five minutes. How in your, in your right mind can, are you, are you 16? Like how in your right mind could that be good? But I've never would say, uh, that was terrible. Lori, why don't women just say, dude, that was horrible. I think men would actually benefit because then you're doing them a favor for the next woman. Okay, honey. 
men can come quick. Women are an oven. You need to like stroke the fire, literally stroke the fire, baby. And these men are clueless. Should women be saying, dude, this is where you messed up. Let me show you. Or should we just write him off and move on to the next guy? What do you I think, Lori? Okay, so I think um, it should be brought up for sure, but I don't think it should be said in that way. Like, we are not trying to, like, hurt other people. We're not trying to make men feel insecure. And, of course, if we, like, actually have a connection with them, okay, let's coach them a little. Let's tell them what we like. And that's – it comes all back to, like we said before, communication with sex um, is just really important. And everyone likes different things, too. Like, and what have might have gotten his, like, ex-girlfriend off might not get you off, like. So. Right. So, when would, would be the appropriate time? Let's say the sex is just there's mind blowing ten out of ten, and then there's oh my gosh, that was terrible. I would think to talk about sex period. To, if you're really trying to pick a good time, it would probably be anywhere outside of the context of sex. Like, so not right not, afterwards. So afterwards, yes. you can't say like be able to talk, be able to be in a relationship, be able to talk, be like friends, be like hey, you know. <laughs> now you could do it afterwards, but I feel like it's just the 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 closer to it you say it's like it, a punch the in more the face. it's like a punch. Yeah, it's like oh man, it's like we're trying to enjoy this. Act like you you go through enjoying it so they can be like all right they were okay though i do i like i think it's great like some people i think they just don't get it and i can't say it would be against coaching because i feel like it's just common sense and i could explain it to anybody but at the same time like i realize a lot of people are in it for themselves that's why they could be the five pump chump or whatever (laughs) um and but like it's like You've got to kind of be in it and intimate with someone. You've got to actually de- desire to watch their pleasure, to actually be with your partner, see what they're watching, see their reactions. If you're it, if you're not watching all that, just doing it, you know, for your own gratitude, you're not really making love. That's when you're just having sex. No, that's the key, and that that is also like has to do with being present. It's like if you are present in that moment, usually sex is good because you are you're active, you're paying attention, you're like picking up on the cues and you're doing things um in order to make them feel good and you care. And that is so important. And I feel like going back to the hookup cultures, like people are just having sex to get off but it's not the creating the connection is what makes sex actually good well and i think if you're in a real adult kind of give and take you know just kind of banter uh if we we go way back to the flirting right like what is flirting all flirting is is just kind of an exchange of conversation with a little bit of maybe innuendo right and that's kind of fun which to start to kind of feel like i think he's into me or i think she's into me right and then it progresses and that's kind of exciting because there's, there's like the light touch there's a lean over there's a like kiss on the neck all those things seem to be progressing to hey i would be so turned on if you got off that that's that for me your moaning is enough to just turn me on and then it should be this kind of yeah well your moaning turns me on too and it becomes this you know joint climax situation which i think is the hottest experience there is and and i feel like there's these other partners like other men that my girlfriends have complained about but i could see this kind of narcissist ego thing at the beginning where he didn't give a damn if she came he didn't give a damn if like he gave return the favor and and to put it bluntly she went down on him okay dude you're up to bat i mean to me that's really obvious if you have a partner that refuses to go down on you but you're 
giving. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there has to be a give and take. And if he does that slump, pump and dump girl, he's going to slump, pump and dump in every area of your oh life. God. He's going to be like emotionally unavailable. He's not going to show up for anything. Cause he's just about, you know, getting himself off. Like, and if that's what she wants at the end of the day, you know, okay. But I haven't heard of people really enjoying the one-sided orgasm. I mean, who wants, I mean, you can just play with yourself, right? Like the song goes, baby, I get off and getting you off first. Yes. Story. That is so, so hot. I think that is really like what we want when we're dating somebody is, Hey, you turn me on when I get you off. And then, Oh, well you turn me on when I get you off. And it ends up being this kind of fun play where even when you're out on a date, you know, those cute little innuendos between the drinks or whatever, it becomes this kind of slow burn. And that's what keeps people dating versus this kind of jump in super quick. And then it's bad. I'm hearing that you don't say it when he's fragile or still naked. Maybe there's a better time to say it. I've told men, hey, maybe you want to do some research or read up on some books. There's even YouTube channels on how to get her off or how to get him off. And then there's that kind of conversation of what would you like? But I feel like if you jump in too quick, Lori, and it's like we've only been, I don't know, dating like a little bit, I would feel very uncomfortable saying, hey, um, what are you doing? Are you digging for clams? Like, what do you think you're accomplishing well, when you're doing that? Like, that would really hurt his ego. It depends also on what, how, I mean, how it's going. If you're saying this, it might not be for y'all's relationship. You might already be realizing it's letting go because that's a part of why I think you should be getting over that uh, to, and have the sex and go for it because you get to know what you're comfortable with. You realize that there's some people that could come and slap your ass at any point in time and you'd blush, you'd whatever. And then there's other people that they, if they even almost touched you, you'd be like, what the heck are you doing near me? Right. You know, it's there. You've got to see what type of energy it is. And because we all are looking for someone that just, you know, that we will make an excuse to bend the world for, um, you know, to justify. So. Absolutely. Do you guys remember when you lost virginity and how it was like that first time where there's this kind of flirtation and, you know, you've kissed, but you haven't actually gone the the whole way. Mm -hmm. I, I am 39. And I still don't know what is first base. I know what a home run is. What's first base? Am I, am I just dumb? Kissing? Yes. Kiss. Kissing. Yep. Boobies. Yeah. Base two. Boobies. No, I, yeah, boobies. that's two. Base <laughs> two is the boobies. Two is the boobies. Three is, um, well. well. No, no, no. Hold on, Giovanni. Right? So if yes. he grabs my boobs and that's second base, am I grabbing his boobs? Like, what is my second base? I don't think women do the bases. I think oh, that's come on. just. I want to do no, the bases. No. Hold on. I'm not you saying can't. that. You I'm not saying that. that. No, no, I never said it, but it's, I've never heard it referred to a woman in my entire life. It's like, it's the, he, it's always been in reference to what the man, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I've never heard it where a woman says, I got to second base. She'll say, <laughs> he, she'll say, he got to second All base. Right. I think I don't. I think the bases are a little bit rough. I think the bases are actually. I think it's just when you touching, like to actually have intercourse. I think is third base, but I think to no, grow to touch. No, period. Home I think that's home run. Yeah. Right, you don't well, play baseball, right. story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Well, I mean, so to do oral, is... I'm talking about not. I'm, I'm talking about to do oral, such like that, not to actually have like 
the not all all the way home, but uh, like I don't think oral and for and no. such like that is home run. That's third base, and really? I think touching, groping, yeah. and, and and anything like that would be second base. Like right, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be strictly boobs. It'd just be touching as long as it's just that, not going all the way to oral. Oral would be third, and then um, home run would be sex. I agree. I agree. Sorry, <laughs> that's how I play baseball. Oh my what do you goodness. think, Giovanni? So to me, yeah. home run is if anybody comes, like that should be like the goal. Oh, so wow. third base, that to she me, has high to standards. Me, <laughs> to me, I guess they do because I'm going third <laughs> base and then you bounce <laughs> at third base. Run. You're gonna go home. To me, like home run is like peace, baby. You go do your thing. I'm so satisfied. That's home run. I still don't understand third base. I think third base, at least when I was growing up, it was, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it. Just a blowjob. I think it was, I think it was, that's only third base. I thought it was, I thought it was fingering a girl was third base, at least. Okay. So the finger fuck and and jerking him off is third base. That actually makes sense because you just mess. To me, it's like if I'm seeing somebody, okay, so let's back up. If you're seeing somebody and they want to mess around, hey, do you want to mess around? To me, that sounds like third base. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Story is nodding. What do you think, Lori? If they see want to mess around, that means we're not going to fuck, but yeah. we're going to go. To- but I feel like I feel like that might be second base because, like, where's oral? See, nobody knows. <laughs> or- That's why dating oral, oral is third. Can a guy fake it? They can't, I- right? It should no. be pretty obvious. No, it's not you, obvious. A girl I, can't I, I have, I've unfortunately, and I, here's I've I've I have faked it because. I, and I know this sounds so awful. I've literally said to myself, oh, my God, I am so bored. And it is time to fake it. And, you know, if, if you're a good actor, you can. You can. If there's, uh, but if you wait, fake I, it, then you have to fake it every time with them, right? No, because, no, general. Y- yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. What made you so bored? I don't know. I don't, you know, unfortunately, I don't know. It's a good question. You start, you know, it, and this kind of goes back to the whole hookup culture and the sex for sex sake. Sometimes I think you're going, at least for me in my personal experience, you go, okay, here we are. I don't even really like this person. And you're like, how the hell did I end up here? And then, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a walk of shame because maybe what led up to that was fun and the conversation was awesome and the the, pr- the foreplay was great, but then you're just, at least for me, and it hasn't happened that often in my life, I'm just going, I, I really, I can't believe I'm doing this. I know it sounds so stupid. And I actually know men who've thought this, but they don't want to say anything for the same reason that women don't want to tell men, you don't know what you're doing. A lot of times a woman really is, unfortunately, like Anthony said, you know, use your, you know, he wants a woman with uh, no head. I prefer a woman with a good head, you know, <laughs> you don't want a butterface, you know, and, uh, you know, who's, who's, you know, can make those noises or make those eye contacts or whatever the case may be. If you're just a lump of flesh, holy crap, that gets boring really, really fast. Yeah, no, I was actually kind of surprised that he said that because all the guys, like my guy friends who I've talked to about it, they're like, if she just lays there, like that's when I'm like, not into it. Yeah, totally. I, I have a dying a question that I'm burning to ask, okay? Because I've yeah. never asked this. I'm going to do this publicly, okay? Uh-huh. How do how do you guys feel mm-hmm. if you are seeing somebody and they want to bring in a vibrator as sex toy? In the, you know, sex is good. Um, I've heard of my guy friends. I've heard both. I had one guy friend say, 
what? My dick isn't enough. Why would you need to like add your vibrator to this? I've got, I've got 10 fingers. I've got 10 toes and I've got a tongue. If those 21 things and the PP doesn't work for you, we got a serious problem. Yeah, really? Vibrate. <laughs> no, you don't vibrate. Oh my gosh. I've got, I've got batteries in these fingers, baby. <laughs> So, so Giovanni says, Hey baby, I'm enough for you. I, I am that and a bag of chips and sometimes a pickle. So I'm everything you need, baby. I got what you want. I got what you need. You don't need no vibrator. To uh, me, what to me, a woman asking a man to bring in additional toys, like a man saying, let's bring in a second woman. That is really? how I feel. Interesting. Hey, story. Yeah. I want to hear Lori gave me that look, but I, I feel that way. <laughs> Okay, I want to hear from the rest of the panel. What do you guys think about bringing in sex toys to the bedroom? Uh, Lori, you first. What do you yes. think? How do so you feel about personally, that? <laughs> I'm all about experimenting. And I think anything to increase pleasure in some way is like fun. And like try it. If you don't like it, throw it out. Like it's not a big deal. Um, I don't understand um Giovanni, what you're saying about that is like a second woman because a vibrator doesn't have feelings. Like that's it's it's not the same. women don't have to either. No, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point, story. But like my vibrator is not gonna like start like hitting on you and like start texting you late at night. Like it's not the same in that technology way. nowadays. I mean, you could buy one that might. Well, there are yeah, those, those sex pretty. robots are unbelievable. Okay. Okay, so Giovanni, I want to bring this back to you again. That Netflix documentary, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but there's a Netflix documentary and they touch on sex robots. And yeah. it's like insane. Like people are falling in love with them. And it's that freaks super me weird. out. I've that's weird. That. I've seen that. And that's, that's totally crazy. So, yeah. okay. So Giovanni, how would you feel if you're seeing a woman... Mm -hmm. And she happens happens to mention that she has a sex toy. Does that? Are you like, hey, like save it for me, baby? Are you like, hey, no, cool, no. well, get don't yourself get off. I don't care. Yeah, no, that doesn't bother me. Like I said, me. it's it's yeah. not a matter of me saying, oh, I'm I'm satisfactory. I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying. At least in my experience, I mean, look, I've brought in chocolate, whipped cream, and Ooh. yeah. And I think that's awesome. I think if there is an additional and a vibrator is a tool and I get that. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal thing and maybe it's uh, I think maybe it might say something about me personally. So obviously mm -hmm. it might be maybe an ego thing. I've personally never had a woman say, can we add this to the mix? Not that that does not mean I'm the be end all be all, but I've I've just never had anybody ask that question. And I think maybe at this juncture in my life, if someone said to me, "Hey, can we bring this in?" I would probably take it personally. I I feel to Giovanni's point. I mean, I get it at least for the fact like the, where it's at where it's like asking for someone for a partner. I don't think it's like having another girl, but I think it's like having the conversation of bringing someone else into the relationship. It's the same basic uh, of how that conversation ought to go. Depending on who you are, you might be able to explore with that in the same way where if it's someone that would explore with that, it's probably going to be the same people that would be, ex would be willing to explore with toys and such like that. Um, that's, so, yeah, he's, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. I, no, I was just going to say that I think it's also how the way you approach it. Like if I was to go in um, with someone newly who I was seeing and say, 
Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, your dick's not enough for me. I need this too in order to get off. It would be like, oh, this could be fun. And like, you know, guys like vibrators too. It's like. I grew up playing with toys. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, it's not just for women and you can like, you can introduce it in that way where it could be like super sexy and like enhance your sex life. I uh, went into fascinations one time on Valentine's Day, and I was blown away by how many couples were shopping together. And it was, you know, she was looking for different, like, role-playing outfits. I mean, it's cheap lingerie. I mean, they're just going to throw on the floor anyways, right? But he's picking out, like laundry and like putting it over the door for her to try on and then you know she's like showing him nipple clamps and he's saying nah how about we try this and and they were couples that seemed really into each other and i thought you know you don't necessarily have to go to a sex store you know with your partner but how cool to add that you know like that freedom that communication where it's not saying like, hey, baby, you're not enough for me, but it's saying, hey, I enjoy you so much sexually, babe. You are just a stallion in the sack. Like you just do it for me. Everything we do is so fun. Is there something that we haven't done? Is there a fantasy? Is there a toy? Is there something that I can do for you that you've enjoyed or want us to try? And and that being such a safe space. And then whatever what he or she says, there's no judgment. Like I think it's a little bit vulnerable for your partner to say, hey, I've always wanted to try, I don't know, sex in public. Or I always wanted to give roadhead or mile high or whatever what that sexual fantasy is. I think if we're in a healthy sexual emotional connection, we should be able to tell our partner, hey, I really want to try this. And the worst thing that could happen is respectfully could say, um, I don't know. Let's think of something taboo like, you know, okay. Some people go, okay, that's not for me. I've never liked that. That's not going to work. Or you know what? I have never tried that. But with you, baby, you're such a stallion. I try anything with you, but let's just, let's just kind of ease into this. I think that would actually make people stay together longer. If you're in a situation where it's so safe, where, there's nothing uncomfortable. And, and, and Lori, in my book, if both people are having a good time, then it's not dirty. I think the word dirty sex is actually stupid because what makes it dirty would be if one person wasn't having a good time. Because if you're both digging it, it's not dirty. That's fun, right? So I, what I'm trying to figure out is get down to the bottom of why so many couples end up splitting. And what I hear is one person was sexually dissatisfied and didn't have the balls to bring it up. What do you think, Lori? Why do you think people split? Are they fighting because of these, you know, issues? Are they fighting because the sex just isn't really hot anymore? Um. Well, this goes back to, I feel like that's a case by case basis too. I mean, if, I think um, I definitely do think being open and vulnerable with your partner, trying new things, um, communicating what you like, all of that stuff definitely enhances um, sex, which in turn enhances the relationship um, and creates like a closer bond. Having that safe space to explore is something you don't get all the time Um in your life, in your career, uh, friendships, everything. So like having that one person to do that with and really go at it at a primal level, um, I think is definitely very special. Story, I want to hear you. Um, what do you have to say about that? 
I think to have it, it might almost be smart from the sounds of it to start relationships off having a certain time we can put aside, be like, here, we're going to have this talk and we're going to talk about how we can grow, how we can be better from what we were without having judgment of, you know, uh, of each other. We're just doing this so we can be better, you know, non-judgment. Then you have that time, like you said, so you don't wonder afterwards if you're supposed to say it while you're laying there. You can be like, no, 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 let me write it down. I'm going to say it at our, <laughs> when we meet, uh, you know, this... <laughs> I think that would be incredibly sexy. That might for be me what to dating is supposed yeah. to be, though. Is it, I think right. so many people are scared to actually say those things, but I think that's mm -hmm. what we're supposed to be doing in dating: is expressing those things and trying to find someone that actually makes us feel comfortable about them. Mm -hmm. Where you can say right off the bat, "Hey, I think I think it's how you preface it. You know, hey, baby, what you do to me, like, oh my gosh, I that is." That has never been done, baby. And then he's already like, woo, you know, ego's kind of up like, oh, baby, that has never been done. You know what I've always wanted to try? And you can say no, just think about it. But I've always wanted to try this. Would you think about it? And I, I can't imagine a man that's into you or a woman that's into you wouldn't at least listen to that conversation. What do you think, Story? If she said, if she prefaced it like that, like, Story, you are yeah. just like... Top I think, of the food chain, baby. But can you it's great. You just need, I think we just need to build a preface to make sure that there's no judgment because that's the hardest part. Because even in a relation, like the longest relationships I've had, some people were the sex was absolutely amazing. There's some days where something was going on, whatever, where it's just, I wasn't feeling sex and it's just like, I'm not going to be. And it's like, if you can't be comfortable mm -hmm. to just actually say those things to realize, Hey, you know, it's not you in some situations or don't judge just because I say I'm, I'm not happy, whatever. It doesn't mean to, judge the situation just you know it, you've got to be able to talk and have that preface it i believe i think we got another guest caller coming in whoop, whoop. who do we got the invisible man invisible quiet man uh nope i just heard that steve said we had a call and then danny said we don't so we're just maybe it was tape mouth remember tape mouth from tape like mouth. um ask America's yeah, got that could be really, really, you know, good in the bedroom too, right? Tape his mouth shut. I don't know. I've never tried that. <laughs> I mean, you're more than welcome to Nuskin. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I mean, to each his own. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, we all want to be with a partner that challenges us sexually, emotionally, mentally, that that turn on piece is not just in the bedroom. I know for me personally, it's a lot of what happens outside the bedroom is really sexy. It's the conversations, it's the connection. And I have found like, if we do something on a date and kind of extend it where we are laughing, I mean, something simple, like a game of putt-putt, like flirt with each other every time the person goes down to the hole and grabs the ball, you give them a little smack on the tush and damn, baby, you're looking fine. You know, a little bit of joking, like, oh, come on. Okay, whoever gets the next hole in the one gets, uh, gets oral, you know, just joke around and have fun. But then you're also talking about you know your day and uh you know epic turn-ons and turn-offs doesn't have to be all be sexual i mean just oh, i didn't know that about you you know what do you think story do you think there's some for men i know for women foreplay is what happens before the bedroom is that, it the same for men that's where trouble goes to like you said whether or not you at the beginning whether or not you should go into hooking up right away or if you should wait off um because it's I, 
like as you said, you feel like the perfect date is going to be something where someone you're able to smack someone's ass as they go down, whatever. If you start going into a lot of these dating, and so as serious as some women are going into it, where it's like obviously you're going to feel intimidated to even touch them or something like that, you can't possibly get to that point, you know, uh, with, with that with working with that you have to actually take a chance and that's where i feel like a lot of people that are entering the dating world need to just register that with themselves if they're really ready to take a chance and what chance they're actually trying to take right right i want to wrap up this show with epic turn-ons and turn-offs i know everybody has different turn-ons and turn-offs and the turn-ons don't necessarily have to be sexual um i know uh, for me as a straight woman a, a huge turn-on for me is uh, active listening and so that means i say something and he actually tags like something onto that like oh no when you mentioned that da, 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 that means that he's going to listen to me in in all the areas he's not checking his phone he's not kind of you know distracted as somebody very present with me um, outside of sex is really cool because once we're in the bedroom i mean he's absolutely going to be present with me at that moment uh he's not going to be checking his phone in the middle of sex because just during a conversation about our divorce he was asking great questions um i i'm very curious uh for the whole panel what are those like epic turn-ons that we can kind of give our audiences like a tip off they're going back into the dating scene oh. maybe they had a breakup since covid they want to do that rebound thing uh what can we recommend to our audience as far as what are those non-sexual epic turn-ons story my easy one is I love just a smile. Those like, you know how you talk about resting bitch face. Like there's some girls, which it's like, it's like, they seem like they're just a trip away from a smile always. And I love that giggity that just like positive looking face. Cause it just makes me want to smile. It makes me feel good that I'm doing something right that, that you know, to being around them. Um, so that, that's one of my biggest turn ons is just being able to see, ha have, see that energy and that smile. That warm energy. I've heard that men don't necessarily remember everything that was said during the date, but he's going to remember how he felt when he was with me. Do you stand by that story? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like this vibe thing is you just feel really comfortable. And, and a follow-up question for that would be, do you think that men or women fall in love more quickly? Is there a good generalization, do you think? I think we are all... I think there's so much variety and so much different. I don't think we can separate the world into men and women. I love that. Thank you, Story. Giovanni, what do you think? What is your epic turn on that's non-sexual? I think a woman who's kind of almost tomboyish, they can can play in the mud and almost not necessarily have to be super crude, but does, honestly, just plain and simply doesn't give a shit what she says. And... You know, it doesn't take things personally and can and hang with the best of them. I think it's freaking awesome because it right there to me, that's a wall lowered, which automatically makes my wall lowered. And now you can be two complete individuals together. And I think it's freaking sexy as heck. I like that. And uh, second question is, do you think men or women fall in love quicker? Man, I swear. Uh, that's a damn ass good question. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say in my personal experience, I think women, um, I'm not saying I'm incapable of it, but I definitely am standoffish. So at least for me personally, I, you know, I think women fall in love quicker. 
All right. Thank you. And Lori, how about you? Epic non-sexual turn on. Um, so number one would definitely be someone who's funny. Um, I love to laugh. So, and I love to joke around. So if like, you can't joke around with me, like we're not going to hang out anymore. Um, also I love someone who, um, carries themselves with confidence. Like if someone knows who they are, like, and does not care what anyone else thinks that is so attractive to me and someone who can challenge me and is who a little like a little different than me teach me something new I really I love trying new things so like if, if you ride a dirt bike like teach me how to ride a dirt bike let's go let's do it <laughs> yeah absolutely oh I agree because it's like that it's different than you but teach me teach me yeah something. it's exciting yeah. it's adventurous yeah yes yes I uh I had a date where he uh, took me to shoot a gun and I thought that was so cool because he's standing behind me and I'm kind of leaning against him. I had no idea. Like I couldn't cock the gun and it was like hilarious. Like, well, no, you can't cock a gun. I was like, apparently not. And so it was like a good (laughs) laugh, like never done it, (laughs) you know? So yeah, there's like that kind of closeness. Teach me something that's super sexy. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Do you think men or women fall in love quicker? Um. I definitely agree with story in the way that he said that we can't really categorize it. Um, I mean, I've been in both situations um, going back to what we were talking about with friends with benefits where, you know, I've caught feelings and like felt like head over heels about someone who didn't give a shit. Um, But then also I've had guys like, you know, texting me all the time and I was like, Oh my God, we're not sleeping together again. Like that's not going to happen. So I feel like it can really go both ways. And it really just depends on who you are as a person, where you are in your life. Um, People go through phases. So yeah, I don't think we can categorize it. I think you're, you're totally right. Um, I, I think that women get this rep for being more emotional and, and more attaching and, and men get this reputation for being emotionally unavailable. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, it really is, it doesn't matter if you're straight or if you're gay or, or demi or bi or whatever, I think we've kind of, con- toys. Don't matter. Toys. <laughs> you know, I think what it comes down to is we all want to be in a situation where it's safe and it's, you know, that's where like the whole, you know, dinner and drinks comes in is, you know, if you're a little vulnerable to me saying, Hey, I just got divorced recently and it wasn't satisfying, you know, sexually, I'm really looking for somebody that kind of hits it on all levels. Somebody that can teach me something, somebody that enjoys going to the gym as well. Cause that's my perfect Sunday morning is getting up and going to work out and then getting some food and then coming home and making love to my partner. That is my epic Sunday morning. And if they look at me like, Ew, you go to the gym on a Sunday. I just smoke weed. All right. Well, I'm glad we talked about this. You know, um, I think it's good to, to talk about what you enjoy because I want to be going in the kind of same direction as they are. You know, we are both growing ourselves when we do get together it's just this kind of epic turn of like the mind and the body and the soul. It's all those things. And to say that men are emotionally unavailable, I think is very unfair uh, because I mean, I, I know plenty of men that are looking for that uh, sweet woman that is, is like your best friend. And she also enjoys sex. I think that's what a lot of straight men are, are complaining about that. They're not finding a woman that, you know, hits both. Well, 
as we talked about before too, I think the hard part is so many people don't know their own identity as well. And they're look, going into this dating world. They don't know who they are. Um, and it just drives a, a lot of problem because, uh, you know, if you don't know who you are, obviously it's very hard for you to be expecting to know what you want or if you're in the right spot. It's like You a can't lot of- discover someone else if you're discovering yourself. That's like, that's too much. Yep. Also, I think that's one of the, my one uh, turn on as well is when you realize someone knows how to make themselves happy. You realize you they don't rely on you for that. They're like you, yes. you go about your day like realize hey they already have a Sunday schedule. It's like fine, I don't need to do your you know I do my I do church Sunday morning. It's like hey then I have this amount of time we can meet up do the sex during that uh, that period. You know hey, yeah. we can still figure things out. You know yeah let's um, do Jesus and sex um, right. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, I, mean, I actually had gotta... a fan write in uh, this week and uh, she asked, how can I tell if the person I am dating loves me? We haven't said the words yet. How do I know? And, and is it okay to ask? What do you guys think? Uh, I want to start with you, Story. What do you do differently if you have fallen in love with this woman? Do you show her with your actions or do you tell her? I, I like the memes that show that show that where it's saying here, if you love you, you'll they'll open the door for you. They ask you, okay, have you eaten stuff like that? And that's how, you know, you, you show someone loves you love them. Um, also, I thought it was interesting for a period watching the TV show Lucifer recently. Um, actually, he was struggling with trying his dad never saying he loves him and such like that, being God, obviously. Um, and then it's like, I, I realized also at another point, uh, I'd seen something that says, if I have to tell you I love you, then I've already failed. And mm-hmm. I, it's like, so it's like, I can see both sides. It's all, it's cool to be able to say it, but yeah, not to have to say it. It's like, if someone's looking for that and when they look for it, I would hope that they see actions and everything in place of that, instead of having to have me say it in order to validate it, because my words, you know, at the end will only mean something if they, if they give it value. I think yeah. that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, again, case by case basis with your, uh, what your, um, love languages. So there's active services, words of affirmation, there's physical touch. Um, there is quality time and forgetting the fifth one right now. Um, but mine for sure, I love acts of service. Mm. I like a lot of them. I mean, who doesn't love any of them, but acts of services, I think is super important. Like if someone is trying to make, like I live a busy life and if someone is with me and is trying to make my life easier and less stressful on a day-to-day basis, like by something little, like making me breakfast or like going to the post office for me, like that is like, I'm swooning. And I feel like I show that a lot too, like for my boyfriend in the morning, like I'll meal prep at the beginning of the week. So like this week I made breakfast burritos. And so like, he just has to pick it up. He puts it in the microwave. They're like pre-wrapped in paper towels. He puts it in 30 seconds, brings it to work super easy. Um, So I think that's really a great way to show you love someone. I think especially when um, you could do it while they're not around, just have somebody do that to realize when they weren't with you, when they weren't having to show you that attention, they went through this, they made these reservations. They were thinking about me throughout this week, throughout this time between our dates, you know, to see something that they were able to invest that time, whatever is definitely um, Mm -hmm. a winner. 
Giovanni, what is your way of showing a woman that you love her? You haven't said those words, uh, but what do you do to show a woman that this is more than sex and you actually kind of love I'm, her? I'm like, Lori, I'm all about access service. I, I will come to your work. I'll bring you lunch. I'll, if your car needs an oil change, I'll do your oil change. If your dog needs some pet food, I'll go to the store for you. I, I made my life to me. Um, I made my life so I'm available for people at all times. I don't care about money. I don't care about stuff. I've always been, uh, a, you know, talk about presentism, like a story and Lori were talking about. I'm all about there in the moment. Um, having said that, you also have to find a person who appreciates it. Like I remember, I would bring somebody lunch four to five days a week. And then on Valentine's was told, wow, you're not romantic at all. And I'm thinking, oh. I'm sorry, what? And so I thought to myself, so actions, I am a firm believer, actions do speak louder than words, because love you doesn't mean jack shit if there's no um, proof of that in the pudding. Anybody can say that. I mean, you know, you could be an alcoholic and beat your wife and say, I love you. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, love right. is an action word. Absolutely. It really is. And it's an action word. And it also has to be accepted. So if someone's not accepting your love, which is also a non-action, it speaks volumes about the relationship, in my opinion. Yeah, I had an ex that did that quite, uh, like quite often. Um, whenever we started going through problems, she would try to start paying me out to be a bad guy, saying that I'm crazy for trying to show up and do gestures like you just said. Yeah. And obviously, as we're describing, those gestures like that aren't wrong. It's about finding those right people to be recipient of it. Absolutely. Because if you're on the wrong ones, they'll try to make you feel bad about doing the same things which the right one are, is waiting for you to do. Right. You know what I'm guilty of, and, and please chime in if, if you feel this. I tend to think that what my love language is, is yours. So, Lori, for example, my yeah. love language is not acts of service. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't even cross my mind. I just, I'm a mother of three. I just do stuff. I did your laundry because I did everybody's laundry. Like, whatever. I cooked you yeah. dinner. I cooked three other humans dinner. Like, big deal. So, so acts of service, I'll say I'm great at saying thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I thank you for your presence in my life. I'm really good at the thank yous because I know that's important, but that doesn't do it for me. And what does it for me is quality time. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like we haven't connected and had that, you know, good exchange of conversation, you know, intimate where I am listening to you, baby. If I haven't had that moment, if he got up and, and went on with his day or went to work without at least kissing me or making love to me or even a quickie in the shower, I'm like, what, you just left? What? Mm -hmm. and, and so then I would start feeling ripped off when he might have left me a love note or, or made me breakfast before he left. I want that quality time. So I feel like what we tend to do is here's my love language. So I'm going to show you that. And I want you to mirror that back to me. In reality, we're all different. Everybody's love languages yes. are going to are not going to be the same, but I think if we learn how to read each other, well, Lori gets really happy when I do this for her. I, I vacuumed out her car uh, and I, uh, I don't know, got her favorite ice cream cause she had a bad day or whatever that would speak volumes versus, you know, me, I'd be like, I don't even care if you give me ice cream. I just want you to hold me and kiss me at the end of a bad day. I don't want no food. <laughs> so I think we're all kind of guilty of projecting that love language and expecting, Hey, you should get it when sometimes it's like a foreign language. Okay. I need to translate. He's not real verbal. He hasn't said, I feel this and this, but he shows me, right? Cause what Giovanni says no. that, it doesn't I mean anything. 
I disagree now, in regards to what you're saying about the mirroring, at least for me. I'm not saying it's wrong what you're saying. I'm saying, like I tell people this all the time, you don't need to say thank you to me. I don't do things to have a thank you. But don't at the same time say fuck you to me. Right, right. right. big yeah. difference. You know what I mean? So, yes, I don't, say, I don't do the things to get a reciprocation necessarily, but I definitely don't do the things to get a negative response. Right. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't expect a mirroring. I don't even re- expect reciprocation. But it is very disheartening when somebody looks at what yeah. you've done and says, you know what? Go fuck yourself. That to It would be real hard to do kind of what you're saying, too, to, to kind of match it. Because I feel, in, at least if y'all are like me, I know my love language kind of changes. I kind of like it mm-hmm. all. I like, you know, there, it's like, yes, when things are going good enough to show me, I love up seeing that. But then I'm also, I guess, I'm hyper, maybe I'm just hypersensitive where it's like, I also love that quality time. I love to be able mm-hmm. to see that. I also love just communication. Like, if you can just uh, express what it is you're trying to say to me in words, I mean, I love that as well. So it's... Uh, very uh, adapting i have a lot of a lot of love languages so i definitely can't say it's just one so if you matched what i was at one moment you know there's a lot of moments you'd be off so no most people have more than one too that they gravitate to like here and there um i actually the last one that i had forgotten was gift giving and that's the one that i just don't care about (laughs) um and it's funny because so my ex um you know, he was raised around money. And so that was something that was like super important to him. And the way his family showed that they loved him was gift giving. So that's what he would do to me. Like we would get in a fight, I'd get a designer purse and I would be like, this is not like, I just didn't feel loved at all because of that. Um, And I would try to explain to him over and over, you know, like, you know, the talks, the quality time, that's a huge one for me too. Quality time, the acts of services, like those things are what I really love. I love physical touch too. Um, but the gift giving, it's just like, I could sweep that in the rug. Like it's nothing to me. Right. I, right. I, I agree with you. I'm sorry to interrupt. And no, you're good. for me, for me, like I agree with you, I think, and I think we're all degrees of those different love languages. And like you're saying, I don't necessarily care about gifts either, but at the same time, and that's saying you're doing this, um, but I'm always extremely grateful no matter oh, what a person yes. does. And I believe yes. you because I think that's extremely important, especially when you're secure in yourself as a human being. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm a giver and I'm kind of empathic as well. So I, I, I take everybody's humanity into consideration. Now, I have failed many times, but I do my best to take all their humanity into consideration. So whatever their love language is, though I may not reciprocate it or emulate it, I'm always appreciative of it. But a lot of people aren't. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, what I have found is that love is not enough. Love is something that, um, you know, it's a feeling, right? But I could love somebody like, (laughs) like my kids. I I love my kids, but there's moments when they're behaving bad. Uh, My love doesn't change. But in that moment, I'm not liking the six-year-old on the floor kicking and screaming. Okay. Now I have found uh, in in a dating relationship, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. You can't expect you know, it'd be a performance, right? If every day they were a 10 out of 10, oh, today was the best day. Like that's just not reality. Um, but I have found that when you can give that person grace, even in the worst day, um, and just be a friend, um, I've learned to say, what do you need right now for me? 
do you just want me to listen? Do you need time to just decompress? I have found um, that my male partner after a long day, sometimes he's just starving. He just needs to sit down and eat without me, you know, hitting him with 5,000 questions, right? Of well, what went wrong and da, 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 da. That's not necessarily um, going to be great either. So I think it's learning how to read each other. And I want to end the show with just this kind of, uh, I want to change dating and how I got, if I could change one thing about dating, I would say, can we not look at this as if it's, it's going to eventually blow up, you know, cause so many people end up divorced and broken up. And I feel like it's really natural to be negative Nancy and be looking at your watch going, all right, well, when is this shit going to go wrong? When is this shit going to hit the fan? When is the other shoe going to drop? And that's so negative. And, and I think if we kind of put that out there, um, I just see the universe as if you go, if you get in your car and you're like, I'm definitely going to crash my car today. I'm going to like definitely end up in a fender bender because this has just been a shit-tastic day. Then you're probably going to end up having a shit day, right? So if we go into a relationship going, you know what? I found a great person and this is going to get sweeter and sweeter and better and better. Uh, it's like when you when you care about something, you take care of it, right? You don't just, I mean, think of a pet. Like you don't get a pet and not take care of it. There's going to be times where the pet is an inconvenience and you have to, you know, clean up after it. Why do we not fight for our relationships anymore? Uh, can we fight fair? Because we're going to fight. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be misunderstandings, but can we change dating where yes. it can get better and better and sweeter and sweeter? The sex gets better and better because the trust just grows and the dates get just more authentic. Uh, Giovanni, do you think we could, you know, yeah. put that intention out there with dating that this isn't a time thing where it's just going to fall apart and, and not work out? Yes, if people would stop saying the relationship sucks because of you instead of going, what am I doing wrong? Or yeah. what can I work on? And say, what do you, let me ask you a question. Have I done something or, it's, it's an honest question. And, uh, but we're constantly being raised in society, even though this is something I said earlier that we shouldn't do, but we're constantly saying you're in the situation because of X, Y, and Z. You're not successful because X, Y, and Z. Nobody says, you know what? My life sucks because of the choices I made. My relationship sucks because of the choices I made. And if we're all honest and come to the table with the other person who should also be honest, then you can have a good communication, a good rapport, and then start saying, how do we either make it better or get back to where we once were. Absolutely. Hey, hey, story. I have a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if we are dating and I mess up, what is the proper way to apologize? I feel like in general, I'm Latino. Okay. I'll own it. We don't know how to apologize. I'm working on it. I'm owning my shit. Okay. Story. Give me the perfect apology. Give me the script. So when I mess up, how can I effectively apologize to fix it and drop the goddamn ego? What is your advice on apologizing? Hmm. That's a hard one. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of different stages in the relationship, which obviously you can work things out. Like I said, if there's, if you're at a point where you've built that time, obviously where you have these talks every so often, Obviously, then that would be a perfect time to just know all of these things that just kind of build up that you don't know. But at the same time, I 
I definitely realize I think one of the biggest things with even cheating and stuff like that is being betrayed. Cause I realize sometimes people like there's mistakes, stuff like that made. And if someone did make a mistake, I would want to say that they should be able to tell in, so, in some way and still hopefully move on if it's the right people. And I would just say, just figure out the time. Like you were saying, like when someone walks in the door, you know how you could hit them with the wrong stuff. You, period if you're if you have some major stuff or someone's coming home from work or coming home from something don't breach subjects once they walk through the door give 45 minutes something give people time to get their shoes off sit back somewhere before you talk about any major stuff um and just try to pick a time where it's that and but start off being like hey i know i messed up i'm I, i'm hoping we can work past it and so I'm, I, and I want to be honest with you and I believe that would be the best because to be honest, I don't necessarily want a relationship where someone's perfect, but I want to be able to trust that if something isn't wrong, that I'm going to be the first person to know. I don't want to go somewhere and have to worry about somebody else knowing more about somebody than I do. It's like, if we're dating, then it's like, I, I, I want to be the one that knows you most. It's like uh, that we're working towards that. And if we're not, then it's like, I don't know what we really would, are doing. So if you're dating somebody and she tells you, I am working in an environment where my boss or my coworker has been putting moves on me, has it been suggesting that we sleep together and he knows that I'm with you. That I'm talking, this is full transparency. I'm going to work and there's a man at work that is propositioning me daily. Would you feel that that was, uh, I'm trying to make you jealous? Or would you feel like that was being forthcoming and open? Would you feel respected? Or should she just not say anything? No, I believe it's very, I believe you very much should say something. Uh, possibly before you do, then you could, then they have to write an opportunity to ask what are you doing about it what do you want to do about it do you just want to work second up and not give any advancements and then just know that hey if you give me a call that i'm coming and that you know to do it do you want me to go there say something or is it something that you are you interested in and if so then obviously yeah we might have a problem like what why have you not just shut it down already you know there's it, there's a lot that of possibilities that's where it's more like you know if you're going to tell me this like why what is your context behind telling me do you want to stop it what is are are, are do you want me to do something about it you've got to at least know enough to be able to tell me that because a lot of girls will expect a guy to know everything and that's where the guys are just always talk about a woman's mind being the biggest mystery um because you might you might want us to go be able to go stop it, go tell someone to stop hitting you or something like that. But then you say, obviously you, you'll come tell us sometimes like, Oh, this is my boss. This is a lot of stuff like that. So it's like, all right, we don't want to affect your job. It's like, if you really want something, I believe you should be able to tell the person you're with and say that, not just expect them to do it yourself. Themselves. Now, if she came home and said that she had kissed him, you know, we're in the we're in the back room and we're, you know, they're working at Starbucks and she's loading up cups and she turns around and he just like comes on to her physically and she comes home and says, Babe, this happened today. Would you and I did kiss him, but I'm sorry. And she gives you an authentic apology. 
Is there room for grace there? Should she just? This yeah, is an what authentic people... apology will include a plans to will include the plans to make sure such things don't happen. If otherwise, it's not authentic. If someone just says I'm sorry, but they don't include a subject like subject matter to to show how they are sorry, there's there's action included in a sorry. Otherwise, it's just otherwise it really is just words. Right. Right. Giovanni, what about you? What's the what's the way to apologize? I've heard men say so many times, she does not know how to apologize. I Do you stand by that? I don't ever I don't ever expect an apology. I've never said to a woman, you owe me an apology for anything. I will I will, you know, approach the situation and you know try to have a coaching discussion about it and see where the discussion goes. And if it's not offered, then I have to question or where are we in regards to the quality of the relationship? Um, me personally, I've apologized on numerous occasions. I think I may have even personally told you one time I felt I found myself angry and frustrated. And I said some things, almost uh, an ultimatum that I knew I shouldn't. And I knew afterwards I was doing an emotional uh, manipulation. So I felt it was, yep. you know, I look at the uh, the apology is going to come from me. I don't expect the apology. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, now that he mentioned it, I realize that what they say about apologies is you're supposed to apologize. You're supposed to do these things, say sorry to people, whatever, for yourself, not for other people. And I believe really that is it. Even in that situation, you're supposed to say it for yourself because you realize that you're, but you could say nothing, whatever, but you don't want to. It's more because at that point, you're going to be grown enough to realize you don't want to grow in a relationship, which you can't be honest with each other. So you're taking a chance at being honest. And it's just a question of if you're in a close enough relationship where you can be honest. Right. Um, I think it really just, if you're asking for apology, it says more about you. Absolutely. Um, and it's nothing about the other person or if they recept it or not. It's a, you know, it's, apology is way more of a personal thing than has anything to do with the other people. Right. Cause then you're trying to soothe your own ego, expecting the other person to soothe it. And very rarely is the person going to soothe your own ego, because if your ego is bruised, you allowed the ego to be bruised and there's nothing anyone else is going to be able to do to solve that problem. It is all internal. So I never expect an apology ever from anyone. Lori, do you think that women in general use sex to manipulate men into not having to give the apology? Um, in general, I don't know. Um, I definitely, I feel like when I was younger, um, I would, uh, personally, um, and I feel like everyone's kind of been there where they'll use sex kind of as like, oh, if you, you want this, like, but it's not a good thing right. <laughs> at all. Like flex at the and, end of the day and I feel like doesn't when you get, fix. When you, yeah, when you get older, like you, you know, you start to realize like that's not right. You know, that's not what's keeping I, the relationship together. <laughs> I can't lie. When you first asked what they could, what the best way to say sorry was, I can't, it, there was a part of my mind that flashed to saying, you know, just put on a sexy outfit and, you know, wear the makeup, wear the maid outfit for the next 24 hours, you know, you can't get off your hands and knees, you know, blow me baby and I'll forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, it's you so know, bad. I, I want to end the show with is 
it's safe. And I'm not talking about STDs, safe sex. I'm talking about, is it safe to be in this space where we're calling dating? And, and I think that's why all of our defenses are kind of up because we don't want to get hurt. And we started the show talking about friends with benefits. And I think the reason why that has become more of a trend than ever is because if I say up front, Hey, no feels here. You know, I've even heard people say, if we use condoms, I'm not even counting that as one of my numbers because we used you know a condom like there was no actual you know whatever like whatever what people minimize in their head to to make it okay is up to them but i think people are more concerned about getting hurt and so there's all this kind of defense and manipulation and we've talked about how dating is a game and you act like less emotionally involved than you really are when you really do give a damn and that's what i brought up the apology because at the end of the day if you are seeing somebody and they're worth your time and your energy and the sex is good and there's a soul connection and they're even checking off those sexual fantasies and you had this moment of miscommunication where you pissed each other off the end of the day, an apology, a true apology without the word but, and that's what I was hoping to get at, is if you mm -hmm. say, baby, I am so sorry, but you always do this, and that that but and you always is toxic because you're just, you're putting it on them. And I think if you truly love somebody or you feel like you might get to the point where you could even say that because they're so worthy of your time and your energy and the investment even of your body, uh, I think that's something that we don't do anymore is that no ego, baby, you know why I'm hurting right now is because I hurt you with my words or my actions, I did something that made you upset and that hurts me. And I don't have to understand exactly why that hurt you in this moment, but it is wrong that I hurt you and I disrespected you. Will you help me understand how I cannot do that again? Because I love you too much to hurt you. Or you can say, I care about you or you're so valuable to me. Your presence in my life is so valuable that I can't fuck this up again because hurting you steals my sleep it steals my peace and i respect you too much to, to do this to you help me understand it because it's so worthy of fixing this and that's what people don't say anymore is can we fix this like people do the block and delete and move on and then they're back on the dating app with the same bullshit that they never figured out because the ego uh wouldn't let them just you know drop it and and really work towards it so i think that's why dating has become so hard because number one it doesn't feel safe it feels safer just to do the safe sex friends with benefits because i don't got to get my heart involved but that's not going to satisfy it's that fast food dating, right? It's it kind of satisfies, you know, the the empty empty void in the in the moment. But then the at the next day you get in your car and your car smells like French fries and old McDonald's and you're like, Bleh! it's like that walk of shame we were talking about, right? It's that kind of yucky yuck feeling. So I want to go ahead and wrap up tonight and say there are people out there that want relationships and there are people out there that do just want friends with benefits. And I think the take home is be honest, have that open communication. If you find somebody that is worth your time and your energy and your heart and you feel like it's it's worth that kind of risk of, of being honest and open, let's fight for these relationships because relationships are work. That is your time and your energy and, and your heart is precious. So there is a take-home message for tonight is just be intentional with who you fight for and who you fight with and, and do those real apologies because if you're getting all those other boxes checked and they're 90% of what you wanted, 
for goodness sakes, fight for it, right? Anything else you want to say in closing, Giovanni? Uh, I, yeah, I say that you're a spot on young lady. <laughs> awesome. Well, we got to learn how to apologize men and women. It's that Without ego that, that ends up taking the cake. And, and I think at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. I want to fuck my best friend, make love to my best friend. I want to do the ups and the downs and, and be in something that's worth my time. Or I want to just be alone because I'm pretty badass by myself. And so are you, Giovanni. And so are you, Lori. <laughs> Being single is not a crime. Being single is wonderful. Dating is supposed to be fun. And relationships should be worth fighting for if they're in it for the right reasons. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we are going to be back on here Wednesday nights, uh, 6 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. You guys have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.